Hello, you're listening to Wait, How Do You Spell That? A Rare Disease Podcast. My name is Colby, and I'm the content manager here at PatientWorthy. And today we're going to be discussing Rare Disease Week 2022, which starts later this month on February 22nd and runs through March 2nd. This important event, which is virtual this year, brings together rare disease community members from across the United States to be educated on federal legislative issues, meet with other advocates, and share their stories. And to help in our discussion today, I'm very happy to say we have two very special guests from the Every Life Foundation for Rare Diseases back on the podcast this year to give us a preview of all the exciting things happening during this year's Rare Disease Week. Britta Dornan is the Senior Director of Communications and Marketing and also a primary lymphedema patient advocate at Every Life. And Sarah Tompkins is an EDS and HSD patient advocate and is serving as Advocacy Chair of Rare Disease Week 2022. Britta, Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you, Colby. It's great to be here. Thank you so much, Colby. It's exciting. I thank you for making the time to come on to tell us about Rare Disease Week. I'm very excited to give everyone a good preview of the event this year. To start with, would you both mind giving us a little background about your work in rare disease advocacy? I'm Sarah Tompkins. I'm an Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome and Rare Diseases patient and advocate, and I'm this year's advocacy chair of Rare Disease Week. My history with rare disease advocacy started in 2017 with my first Rare Disease Week, and I'm so glad to have been able to attend a few. And this year, I'm really excited to be advocacy chair and really help advocates in their journey to advocate this year. I'm Britta Dornan, and as you said, Colby, I have primary lymphedema. I was diagnosed almost 25 years ago, and lymphedema means that my lymphatic system doesn't function properly, and in my case, I have fluid that builds up in my legs and causes a lot of painful swelling. Well, it was about 15 years after my diagnosis that I suffered a dog attack, and these two dogs chewed up my legs pretty badly, my legs with lymphedema, and it sent me to the emergency room. And as I sat in that emergency room, I was feeling really badly. I was feeling just helpless and afraid that my leg, my lymphedema would get worse, that I would get an infection, that this was going to be just the beginning of the end. And I vowed from that day forward that I would not feel like a victim again. And so that's the day that I decided to become an advocate. Uh, it was two weeks later, I started a blog called lymphedemadiary.com. I got involved with my disease organization, the Lymphatic Education and Research Foundation. And then I discovered the Every Life Foundation for Rare Diseases, and I joined their team. Now, the reason I tell you this story, Colby, is that it shouldn't take 15 years and an emergency room scare for you to begin your advocacy journey. And it's my mission, it's why I'm here today, to close that gap for other people. Advocacy and making your voice heard, it's so healing and it's so helpful to the entire community that I want rare disease patients and caregivers to know that when they're ready, the Every Life Foundation is here to help them make their voices heard. So that's what Rare Disease Week on Capitol Hill is all about, making your voice heard. Now, as I mentioned in the intro, Rare Disease Week 2022 is February 22nd through March 2nd this year. Can you give us an introduction to Rare Disease Week, Britta, for listeners who may not be familiar? For your listeners who might be getting ready for this weekend's game, let me put it this way. 
out of all of our many events year round, Rare Disease Week is our Super Bowl. It's the biggie. It's the event that brings the entire community together. This event is all about the rare disease community raising their voices up together so that our policymakers in Washington, D.C. understand that rare disease is not somebody else's problem. It's a public health issue that we should all care about and prioritize. And what are some of the goals of Rare Disease Week? What are you hoping to accomplish? The real meat of Rare Disease Week is the meetings that we set up between advocates and their members of Congress. And that happens at the tail end of the week on March 1st and 2nd and are held via Zoom. Everything else is the potatoes and the gravy leading up to these meetings. And these meetings are the opportunity for advocates to make their voices heard to these policymakers. So what we're hoping to accomplish is to help fully prepare advocates for these meetings by teaching them about the legislative process, legislation currently under consideration by Congress, and effective advocacy techniques to build relationships with their members. And that happens during two half-day trainings called the Legislative Conference. Uh, We also hope to educate members of Congress and their staff on the vital issues impacting the rare disease community. And we do that through these meetings, but also through something called the Rare Disease Congressional Caucus Briefing. And this year, the briefing will be focused on the FDA's accelerated approval pathway. This is a critical topic for rare disease patients. Anyone can come to the briefing to learn why it's so critical and what they can do to strengthen this pathway. We also hope to inspire advocates. And one way we do this is through the Rare Art Virtual Gallery. This is an online exhibit that is the coolest thing, Colby. It's it's more like a video game that you can navigate and view Rare Artist Contest Awardees artwork and then meet the artists behind the artwork. And we also hope to connect advocates, especially young advocates who are really craving the social aspect. Anyone 16 to 30 years old who is impacted by rare disease can join our young adult meetup. And advocates of all ages have opportunities throughout the week to meet one another through various networking receptions and also through the online platform itself. So as you can see, we've got a lot packed into this week. We hope to accomplish a lot and you can register at rareadvocates.org slash RDW to, uh, to sign up for any or all of it. Sarah, let's talk for a minute about why it's so important for patients and caregivers to get involved in Rare Disease Week. Let's say there's a listener out there who may be thinking about attending. What would you say to encourage them to get involved? We need everyone involved in rare disease advocacy, from patients to parents to advocates, caregivers, and the entire community, really. Because it's not just the patient who's affected having a rare disease, it's really the family and the community and the support group that helps that patient live as a full-time patient and with their rare disease. There are one in 10 Americans that have a rare disease, and we thought I would surely be the only person we would meet. And yet my husband's brother ended up being diagnosed with a rare cancer. So it was really eye-opening that this is a really 
big topic. And it's not just in one family, it's in many families. And just in Washington state, we estimate there are around 750,000 Americans with a rare disease. So these numbers are big and it's really important that we get all of the community involved because of those 750,000 in Washington, there's an entire community outside of that bubble that we need to advocate to because caregivers also have a voice in their advocacy. And this year's event is virtual, as so many events have been throughout the pandemic. Sarah, what is the virtual experience like for advocates? Although different, the structure of sharing our stories and legislative asks is the same. And I really think that being virtual presents an opportunity for Rare Disease Week to be accessible for all of our rare disease patient, parent, and community rare disease advocates that maybe aren't able to travel due to health or work that make it hard to get to DC. And this way, we're really opening the community to be able to access virtually and still share their story and be an effective advocate. And this year, it's so exciting. We have a gamification where advocates can win points for their participation in things like the legislative conference uh, for a chance to win a $5,000 grant for their favorite rare disease nonprofit. We also have a social media contest using the hashtag RareDC2022 for $100 gift cards and a story bank for patients to share their stories by March 2nd for a chance to win a $1,500 donation to the patient advocacy organization of their choice. Rare Disease Week is an amazing chance to not only make new friends, but reunite with old if you've been before, um, but to empower, inform, and further your rare disease legislative advocacy advocacy and all from your own home. So we get to not worry about transportation and travel. And so it's really an exciting event this year. And who can participate in Rare Disease Week online? How can they get involved? Everybody can get involved no matter their experience level. That is the beauty of Rare Disease Week. Patients, friends or family members of patients, caregivers, clinicians, researchers. And when I think about Rare Disease Week, it's really for anyone who believes that we can do better. Anyone who believes that it's not okay that the FDA approval process for a rare disease drug can take an average of 15 years. Anyone who believes it's not okay that 93 to 95% of the more than 7,000 rare diseases have no FDA approved therapy. That rare disease patients wait an average of 6.3 years after symptoms prevent before receiving a confirmed diagnosis. Anyone who believes that we can do better than that and wants to learn about these issues, the policy solutions to help solve them, and who are willing to push for these solutions to the policymakers who have the power to make these changes that can help save lives. If this sounds like you, then go to rareadvocates.org slash RDW because we need you. Every voice matters. So uh, yeah, everyone is welcome to join us and to make their voices heard. Let's hear some stories from events past. Sarah, what has your experience been like at Rare Disease Week? You know, I've had the privilege of attending multiple rare disease weeks, but one experience stands out as my favorite. And it was my first meeting with Representative Adam Smith from Washington, from my district. And he vehemently explained when we first sat down that he was not knowledgeable, particularly on healthcare or rare disease, or especially my Ehlers-Danlos disease and other rare diseases, but how glad he was just to learn more about rare disease and my life and what he could do to help. 
And in explaining my genetic connective tissue disease to him and how my stretchy, weak tissue causes many symptoms, including these rare diseases and how I had just had a recent hip surgery, just as I have had this year, that that hip surgery was to repair some of that stretchy tissue. And in speaking, we realized that we'd shared the same hip surgeon. And from then on, Representative Smith and all of his staff have been invaluable in supporting my advocacy. And he joined the Rare Disease Caucus after our meeting. And I can't tell you how nervous I was for that first meeting, but just by being yourself and sharing your story, you realize that you're making a difference for your patient communities and for the entire rare disease community. And that is so purposeful and meaningful. And I'm so excited to get more people to join and find this experience as I've had. So it sounds like you were able to make a connection that you otherwise wouldn't have had an opportunity to make. Absolutely. And our relationship has only grown where I've been able to invite him to support groups and repeatedly see him each year and catch him up on my patient community and on legislation that's really important to me that year. And it's just been invaluable having that. And what would you say is your favorite part about Rare Disease Week? Either one of you, feel free to jump in and share your favorite part. Colby, I have to say that my favorite part is probably the the prep sessions for the meetings with members of Congress, because that's when you get to meet other advocates who live near you. And they may not have the same disease as you, but they're facing a lot of the same challenges. So, you know, we can chat about our issues with access to care or managing our diseases. And you form a, a camaraderie as you prepare for these meetings. You know, you you, you hash out, okay, who's going to say what? Who's going to go first? What do you think the member's going to say? And then when game day arrives and you have the meeting together and you go through it together, you support one another. And I just think that that's what we do best as a rare disease community. So that's my favorite part. What about you, Sarah? Britta, I could not agree more. I was going to say, you know, I think the, my favorite thing is the connections that the rare disease community really is a tribe and we take care of each other and support and cheerlead for one another. And when one rare disease is closer to finding a treatment or cure, we know that's the 7,000 rare diseases getting that much closer to having a treatment and a cure. And what I love is this camaraderie of sharing experiences and sharing knowledge and really forming these connections. Some of my best friends that I've met with my same diseases have been through rare disease weeks and they've been throughout the country. And it's just been amazing to really grow my tribes in different ways in different patient communities. And then to make so many connections with different rare disease patients and rare patient advocates that diseases I don't have much connection with, and yet we have so much we share in common. And there is so much commonality in the experience of waiting years for a diagnosis and having misdiagnoses or having to really keep fighting for a diagnosis when other doctors don't believe you. And there's something so healing about sharing your story, but also finding people that empathize and understand that journey. And so it's like a family reunion that you didn't know you had. We always like to ask for advice on this podcast because being able to share experiences from those who've been through it, it's very valuable. What advice do you have for first timers to Rare Disease Week, Sarah? So one of my best advice comes from that same kind of idea that advocacy is really a team sport, but it's not competitive. And my best advice is 
to use your team. And if you go into your meeting and maybe you don't have the answer to something that your congressperson or their staffer might ask you, be honest. That's okay not to have the answer to something. Say, you know what? I don't have that answer, but say that you will find that answer and use that opportunity as a follow-up to then refer them to, oh, I asked this person and here's this answer, or I'm speaking to this person about that. I don't have an answer, but I'd really love to discuss more about this with you. And can I invite you to one of our support groups or one of our patient community events? And that's a really powerful way of establishing that relationship. So know that you can always ask for help, support, or advice from another advocate, RDLA, or every life staff member. And no matter what your experience levels, you have the tools you need to make a difference just by being present, sharing your story and participating. And finally, Britta, I know you touched on this earlier in the conversation, but if somebody wants to learn more about Rare Disease Week, where can they go to do that? Go to rareadvocates.org slash RDW, but don't delay because Friday, February 11th is the deadline to be able to register and participate in the Hill meetings. So please, yes, go there and register. It's a week that will change your life and where you can help improve the lives of so many others. So we hope to see you there. Well, Britta, Sarah, I'd like to thank you for coming on the show today to discuss Rare Disease Week 2022. That was a lot of ground to cover, uh, but it sounds like it's going to be a jam-packed week as usual. Thank you for coming on to discuss this today. Thank you so much for having us, Colby. It's such a privilege and honor, and I'm so excited to advocate with all of our patients in the rare disease community this year. Yeah, thanks so much, Colby, for helping us get the word out about this great event. Of course. And if you'd like to learn more about Rare Disease Week, you can visit the Rare Disease Week page at the Every Life Foundation for Rare Diseases over at everylifefoundation.org. And we will leave a link to that website in the show notes for this episode. And remember, you can always keep up with the latest in rare disease news by visiting patientworthy.com. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching for Patientworthy on those platforms. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcasting platform. It may seem like a small thing, but a review or rating really does go a long way toward helping us out. Finally, if you have any questions about the podcast or perhaps an idea for a future episode, you can get in touch with me by sending an email to Colby, that's C-O-L-B-Y at patientworthy.com. That does it for today's episode. Thank you once again to Britta Dornan and Sarah Tompkins for joining us on the show today. And as always, thank you for listening. 